Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Sandra Rivera, Vice President and General Manager of the Network Platform Group. Welcome, Sandra. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Allison. So it seems like we talk to each other uh, about once every nine months. And the topic is always, where are we with network innovation? And I've been excited to have this conversation. I spent some time at a networking conference in The Hague last month and saw a lot of momentum in the networking industry. But why don't we just start with a background on the Network Platforms Group and what is the scope of focus in your organization? Well, actually, I didn't realize it was once every nine months. I guess we could say we're giving birth to something at once every time we talk. But we have given birth to network transformation for sure. Uh, And indeed, this has been another year of making significant progress towards the overall transformation that's happening in networks of all types. So we're seeing certainly a lot more deployments this year in terms of what I would call deployments that are using server and virtualization technology, which we would capture under the network functions virtualization NFV umbrella and software-defined networking, software-defined everything in terms of network infrastructure. And we're seeing more and more very public targets being set by some very large service providers indicating that, in fact, they intend to virtualize most of their network and see many new greenfield opportunities over the next several years. So, you know, AT&T putting a target out there of you know, 75% of their network will be virtualized by 2020, seeing similar comments being made by NTT and Telefonica and China Mobile for just embracing more of this type of architectural model and deployment model. So it's definitely moving in that direction, and we have a lot of reasons to be optimistic that that pace is going to continue to increase over the next several years. Now, this move to virtualize networks and network functions moving from fixed function to standards-based infrastructure really has paved a path for introduction ultimately of 5G. Can you explain a little bit about the connection point between those two things? When you look at 5G as being the real coming together of computing and communications, you see that in order to bring all of the new use cases and capabilities that we're trying to enable with 5G, you need a network that is highly distributed in terms of its intelligence and programmability and being much, much closer to the end device, whether that's a person with their smartphone or tablet or PC or whether that's a drone or an autonomous vehicle. So I always think about everything that we've been doing in network transformation and NFV and SDN as foundational for 5G. And 5G just kind of puts it on steroids, right? It just makes things go faster because you start to imagine the use cases that are going to be realized. One good example there is where China Mobile, some of our partners, Nokia, together with us, deployed really a new experience for the folks that went to the Formula One races in Shanghai. What we did was create a mobile edge computing capability close to the venue where the users on their smartphones got to have a view of the different drivers and their head cams and just to see what they were saying. They had an opportunity to do an instant replay or a rewind of what was happening on the track. They got to see the leaderboard 
stats in terms of the different racers. So all of that was available on their smartphone. And you really wouldn't be able to do that without bringing that capacity close to the venue in a cost-effective and easily provisioned way. So these are some of the innovations that I think consumers will start to see where some of the other innovations I think the network operators have been utilizing in order to have a more efficient and more cost-effective build-out of their infrastructures. You know, one of the things that I've been so impressed with is the strength of ecosystem collaboration and uh, the work that you guys are doing with network builders. Can you tell me a little bit about the latest there? Yes, so Network Builders is now three years old, and we've grown to over 200 members. Actually, I think 210 was the last count. And we add to that the other end, we have the end users that are also coming into the Network Builders community because they're trying to drive more innovation in the specific areas where they have either specific business problems that they want to solve or where they see some opportunities. And just recently, one example of that is this innovation contest that we ran with Verizon. And Verizon was very interested in certain use cases that they're trying to get off the ground because they think they have a lot of promise. They, together with us, ran a contest. But the whole idea was to spur the ecosystem to go faster in terms of both seeing the problems that they could help solve, but also seeing the opportunities for deploying new services and for really what I'll say, all boats rising in terms of what accelerating the innovation cycle can do for businesses of all types. Where are the areas that you think your organization is working to ensure that gaps in technology are addressed or next generation features can be addressed from a standpoint of open source and standards and maybe connecting to some of the broader trends in enterprise computing? One of the things that we definitely wrestle with is the desire to have a consistent architecture across a very broad set of products that our customers develop and deliver to the market. And so one of the areas that we have been quite focused on is power scaling up and down the roadmap. So we typically do quite well up in the Xeon space, but a lot of the investments and a lot of the folks we've had over the last several years is in taking that performance capability and then shrinking it into an SOC. So where you've seen product introductions in the Atom roadmap around Atom-based SOCs, we also, with the Broadwell DE uh, portfolio, have introduced a Xeon-based SOC that is also helping us address, again, in a very small footprint and a smaller power envelope, the types of performance requirements that network nodes and networking workloads require. So that's been pretty exciting, and that's an area of a roadmap that we see growing orders of magnitude in terms of volume. Some other capabilities that we are introducing into the overall portfolio have been in the areas of cryptography and compression. So the ability to do the types of encryption and decryption that are required for secure transmissions of data across network infrastructure, the types of compression technologies that allow you to take very large files and compress them down when, again, you're transmitting and transporting across a network. You're trying to be as efficient as possible with that bandwidth and trying to compress those files down as small as you can, and so our compression technology. So all of that we're innovating and are being integrated into the standard CPUs and into the standard chipsets so that customers really get those benefits. And those benefits are equally as important for enterprise customers, for cloud customers, and for communications 
service providers. And you're going to see a lot more of that in our portfolio where we're focusing on packet processing in general. When you're talking about networking and networking workloads, it's all about moving the packets efficiently, effectively, being able to inspect those packets, being able to determine what's high-value traffic, let's say a telepresence session that an enterprise is running, or the latest Grumpy Cat YouTube video. It doesn't necessarily need to reach its destination as quickly or as high quality as you're paying enterprise customers. Well, Sandra, looking forward, what are the key priorities for you in terms of network transformation in 2017? One is very much our continued contributions into open source and enabling a much broader community of application developers and innovators to take advantage of the underlying tools and innovations that we have in hardware and software to create all kinds of use cases that we haven't even imagined yet. And so as we continue to contribute to OPNFV and OpenStack and Open Daylight or other initiatives like TIP and Cord and Cloud Foundry and you know all of these are critical. We certainly believe that a broader ecosystem means more innovation faster and again this idea that all boats rise. The other area that we're going to continue to focus on is very much around how do you bring new services to market more quickly and then how do you monetize that. So the focus really is turning towards, and particularly when we talk about 5G, what are those use cases that are bringing exciting new experiences and capabilities to the market? And I think you'll see a lot more focus there, whether it's massive machine-type communications for smart cities and smart water and smart meters and smart traffic lights to mission-critical types of applications where low latency and high bandwidth like autonomous vehicles is critical, where you can insert data analytics and artificial intelligence engines to really understand and predict what is happening and to anticipate whether it's weather-related or other traffic patterns or unforeseen objects and to be able to crunch all that data in real time and take action. Sandra, thank you so much for being on the program today. It's a real pleasure. I know that folks want to hear more about what you and your organization is doing. How can they follow you and engage online? Well, you can follow me at Sandra L. Rivera. That's my Twitter handle. And networkbuilders.intel.com is the place to go to find a lot more what's happening in network transformation. Well, thanks so much for being on the program today. It was a real delight. Thank you, Allison. I'll talk to you soon. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 